0: Hello,
1: everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. And look, if you're into sports betting, BetOnline is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the next championship, BetOnline is all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. So what are you waiting for? Visit the website today or go use your mobile device right now to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today bet online your online sportsbook experts ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for coming into the pod i'm so excited to have a returning guest here today and we're here to talk about some chicago bears football because look week one it is still just right around the corner we got three weeks to go we're tearing the days off the calendar so let's bring in he's just wrapping up he just released best of season two for his podcast tell me a story i don't
0: know so many
1: amazing guests on there george offman george how are you today thank you for coming back
0: I'm good, Joey. If Harry Carey was still alive, he would say, it's a beautiful day for baseball. Unfortunately, <laughs> the Cubs stink. So, you know, Harry, nice to see you.
1: My therapist put me on a sabbatical from the Chicago Cubs for the next yeah. couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and they said they were showing me ink blots of Frank Schwindel, and it's just like, this isn't what's good for you right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's take it down to the lakefront real quick. We do want to talk about some Chicago Bears, maybe talk some general sports in the end, but... Uh, Let's just start off with this question, George, you know, you've been in the business for decades. You have your pulse in Chicago sports better than anyone else. You've seen it all. So how much stock do you put into preseason sports?
0: (laughs) It it, it just, it depends in this case, of course, with Justin Fields, Mm -hmm. you are going to put in a little bit of stock. You're going to want to see what this kid is made of. Um, but otherwise we now have three preseason games in the first game the starters played for a little bit in the second they barely played how many how many plays do you think the starters are going to see in the third preseason game why play three play two play your starters get into the season otherwise it's meaningless i mean how do you judge a football team albeit the bears really stunk on the lakefront on saturday They played their second team against Buffalo's second team. Buffalo's second team has a better chance of making the Super Bowl than the Bears' first team. And Buffalo should be in the Super Bowl this year. So I really don't don't take stock in that. I don't take stock in preseason baseball, hockey, or basketball, unless there's a very special talent. And in this case, Justin Fields is that very special talent.
1: And I completely agree with you. And I'm glad you said that because... I think what happens, especially in this modern time, like I'm born in 1984, but I'm still susceptible to it, of just over-absorbing these moments that happen and then kind of making these grand you know, conclusions about what we're going to see moving forward. And I have to remind myself, after what you said, how terrible they played this weekend, so many concerns that we can walk around the block with, but at the same time, I don't remember a preseason game. If you If you said, George, give me your top five preseason games of all time, uh we'd be pretty hard pressed and and you remember and you remember
0: more sports than i've probably forgot well I'll, I'll put it this way the bears i believe were one in 3 in 1985 how did that work out for them <laughs> hmm not bad so i mean it's just that yeah oh no i do I, I i certainly remember a preseason game even though i've been trying to forget it they sent me to cleveland okay muddy cleveland the old municipal stadium for a bears preseason game like i wanted to go but they sent me and I went and I said, I'd rather have a one-way flight to Cuba. No, we're sending you to Cleveland. I said, it's the same thing, but I went anyhow. So <laughs> that's about all I remember from a preseason game. We're going to get
1: you a continental breakfast, George. Yeah, take care of you at the sure. Cleveland Marriott. Everything's going to be just,
0: everything's going to be just fine. I stayed in a, I stayed in a wonderful motel. It had hot and running, hot and cold running cockroaches. That's how good it was. <laughs>
1: Cleveland.
0: Well, yeah, but, a bad city, really.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I remember also I went to a preseason game once when a certain uh, quarterback named Trent Green got injured against the Chicago Bears, and in came another quarterback named Kurt Warner. And I only remember that just because of what ended up happening towards sure. the tail end. But again, there's a lot of concerns that we saw on Saturday. The team didn't look great to play. you ready to play. A lot of awful tackling going on. The offensive line we can talk about all day. But again, it still is a work in progress. So now the Bears have three weeks to go before Week One. So if you can, I know you've been uh, probably offering up your knowledge and opinion on this to a lot of other outlets, but if you can tell our listeners just what is your take on Justin Fields through these first couple preseason games, and maybe one characteristic that has maybe surprised you about seeing him on the field in a Bears uniform.
0: Um, I can't say that I'm really surprised, uh, maybe with the exception of his incredible poise. He Mm. really does have poise. When you see poise like that from a, a top-notch college quarterback, it tells you a lot about who they are. It tells you about leadership. His athleticism is really off the charts. When he gets out in the open field, this guy has very long strides. It's like a thoroughbred. He's off and running. If you told me to place a $2 bet on him to win, I would. So that's, that's something we've seen. Uh, I think he commands leadership. I think he has football smarts. Those are things we're seeing, but in the same token, he's got to learn the NFL game. You know, when he got hit, you know, and his head nearly came off, that wasn't a missed block so much. It was a missed assignment by the quarterback. That was his fault. And believe me, there were a lot of people who stopped breathing for about five seconds, but he came off the turf and he was fine. So, um, I'm impressed with him he's not going to start Andy Dalton will I have no problem with that whatsoever this is what the uh, coach Matt Nagy has said from the get-go remember the Bears signed Dalton before the draft they had no way of knowing that Justin Fields would fall in their lap and when he did this wasn't like oh Andy here's 10 million take a step back they're already paying another guy, Nick Foles. If they can try to get rid of him, I'm sure they will. So I, Andy Dalton is a proven mediocre quarterback, okay? It's Fine, let him play the first two, three, four games, whatever it is. If you see ineffectiveness, then you might be ready to bring in Justin Fields. If he's awful, then you bring in Justin Fields. If he's good, Fields waits. It's okay i'm on the bandwagon i'm sitting in the back seat i'm watching but i'm on the bandwagon are you on board with now it's easy for
1: us because me personally like i don't really know what's going on in these training camp practices i'm reading tweets and i'm watching videos that's not saying much or not saying enough do you believe that you're tr- are you trusting matt Nagy's process with how he's going through this where i think on one side you can maybe make the argument that is his loyalty to andy dalton a little too premeditated or do you also still believe that I mean, some of the things that you're saying already, are kind of leading that direction that his loyalty to Andy Dalton also is for football reasons to try and bring Justin Fields along in the right way.
0: Yeah, no, I don't. It's I don't know if it's premeditated. I think that he has a veteran quarterback they brought in who they think can, can guide this offense, whatever offense it is. Someone asked me the other day, uh he doesn't look comfortable in the offense I said well it's hard when you don't have the offense in there in the first place Mm -hmm. you don't have the first stringers in there Tariq Cohn is still injured it's really hard to tell what it's going to be like so I understand his motivation I understand why he knows what he's got yes the book is out on whether Matt Nagy can make Justin Fields a better quarterback or whether Justin Fields can make Matt Nagy a better coach
1: And I think one of the interesting aspects that we're kind of forgetting is the X factor of all this is Allen Robinson, right? Mm -hmm. Where if Allen Robinson isn't on the field for the Chicago bears, I'm not sure which quarterback you could put under center there. And we have ourselves a great chance to win a game. He still is not in the mix yet. And I think maybe bears fans are sort of maybe short-sightedly not thinking of how important Allen Robinson is to this offense.
0: Well, I mean, he's one, you can't win with just one wide receiver. They're hoping Darnell Mooney and others can pitch in. But of course, I mean, he's barely played and he is their number one offensive target. Was for Mitch Trubisky, was for Nick Foles, will be for Andy Dalton, will be for Justin Fields. So that's correct. I mean, that's number one. Uh, Number two, no one knows who's on this offensive line. We know a couple people, the rest are moving parts, including um, Jason Peters, who I think just turned 100. No, that's 39, excuse me. And and, and, you know, his signing really is a sign of desperation. If that's all you can go out and get. Now, he didn't play a lot last year because he was injured. My guess is he's not going to play a whole lot this year. We'll see how effective he's going to be. But that's how difficult it is. So no matter what, whether it's Andy Dalton, or Justin Fields, if you do not have a competent offensive line to protect you, you're going to be in trouble. And I harken back to when Jay Cutler was brought in here. Remember, there's a lot of hoopla when Jay Cutler was brought in here. It's an all pro at Denver, young quarterback. I mean, he was the Bears franchise quarterback. In the first year, they really didn't have very many wide receivers. Their offensive line was average, got sacked 35 times. The next year, he got sacked 52 times, an average of three times a game. I thought there was going to be a time during that season when he opened a casket and said, Jay, step right in the giant so, team
1: in the first half. He got, oh my gosh, you what what is it? Six?
0: Yeah, something like that. Seriously. So when you're putting together a football team, which Jerry Angelo didn't do when he got Jay Cutler and it left Lovey Smith to use as his number one receiver, Devin Hester, Devin Hester should be in the hall of fame, not as a receiver, mind you that the same situation is occurring here now. I mean, the the Bears need an offensive line to come together and to stay healthy, to be fairly competent, and that is going to be a, well, that is a big question mark around here.
1: Yeah, Devin Hester is a wide receiver, much to Lovey's chagrin, I don't think probably will be going into the Hall of Fame as as a wide receiver. No, no, he won't. (laughs) And yeah, Jason Peters, He's 39 years old. Just for reference, uh, that was the age Billy Crystal went through a midlife crisis in City Slickers, so he's, like, right, he's like right at that spot, which is just perfect. And, yeah, you're, you're a perfect segue into the offensive line. It's definitely – it has not looked great. I think the biggest concern right now is just kind of the lack of reps with all of them together in one spot because that continuity mm-hmm. is so important. But I do want to ask you – you know, I was trying to pull up some stats – And it's hard to kind of really dig into offensive line play. I mean, they grade out each offensive lineman and then they try and create a unit. And I was kind of looking it up and if you go up, you know, the first top nine offensive lines in the NFL are all pretty great and great, great, great across the board. But then when you get into the teens, the 12, 13, 14, 15, it kind of turns into like a bullpen where they were great this one year. They were bad the next year. And it seems like twenty other teams in the NFL are kind of dealing with that offensive line. Now, to be very fair, the Bears are graded in the top, the bottom five. Um, you know, with what a surprise! What a surprise right there, are Bears fans. Appropriate to have a high level of concern for this offensive line right now, or is it more of like is this part of what the NFL is? A little bit of kind of this ragtag, band aid, bandage them up, and then hopefully three or four games in, like we saw last year with bars and Mustafa, a continuity thing happens and it just kind of works out.
0: Well, I don't think that Bears fans are looking around the rest of the league and saying, oh, there's a lot of problems with their offensive lines. Mm -hmm. They're looking at their offensive line. And they're also looking at the future, which they want now in Justin Fields. You got to kind of balance both of those. But sure, there's concern for the offensive line. And the only way they're going to get the reps together is now going to be in practice because I highly doubt you're going to see many of them in the Titans game. And if you do, you might see them for a series of two, and I'm not sure they're all going to be healthy at that stage. So we're going to see you know, who's going to be at left tackle if Larry, Larry Borm, uh is able to be there, whether it's Justin Peters, there's, there are so many moving parts to this offensive line, but yes, they're going to need that continuity and that continuity is only going to come through practice over the next three weeks. In your opinion,
1: did they handle the offensive line position correctly in the offseason with just the knowledge of Tevin Jenkins? I mean, they thought Tevin Jenkins was going to be healthy in this left tackle position. He's hurt now. You can't really control that. But did they do enough cutting Charles Leno, Charles Leno maybe not bringing in someone else, Think looking at an Alejandro Villanueva to bring in? Um, did they do did they do right by the offensive line in the offseason?
0: Well, it doesn't look like that's the case now. Um, Tevin Jenkins kind of reminds you of Kevin White where they thought they did their homework there and they didn't and Kevin White was injured and I think he was injured before he came here according to the people I spoke to. So in Tevin Jenkins, you might as well just, you know, push him off the board. And so yes, that put them behind the eight ball because they expected him to be a contributing starter right now. He's contributing to his own rehab after surgery. And that's not good for the Bears. Did they mishandle it? Yes. Uh...
1: Let's take a quick break to talk about our brand new sponsor here on Bet on Chicago Balance Seven. So I don't know if you guys have heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. I was recently reading a press release about how he started taking a pH balancing alkaline supplement called Balance Seven, and that has helped him bounce back from his hospitalization in 2015. "Quote Lamar Odom: I have an enormous amount of energy, which is good for me. It's important when working out. I always need energy to level up, and I couldn't agree more with Lamar. And after watching him." by Aaron Carter in July's celebrity boxing match, I think it's safe to say that Balance 7 is working for him. Now, here's the cool thing. We've got a promotion running with Balance 7 right now, where if you go to their website, balance7.com, use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout, you'll receive a free four ounce bottle of My Smooth Skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. That product retails at $13.99, so I'd say you're getting a pretty good deal right there. So what are you waiting for? Head to balance7.com, use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout, and get in on this promotion. Motion while supplies last. I know I will, and if it worked on him, it can also work for you too. Balance7.com. Now back to the pod. How are you reading right now how the Bears do this season in comparison and conjunction with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy? Do you think that their jobs are safe right now? Do you think there might be a little bit of heat under the seat because they do have a franchise quarterback now? They have made the playoffs the last two or three years, or do you think this is more of a a building year with more of a bigger expectation for the year after?
0: It's a good question. I would think that at the moment, Ryan Pace's job, and I don't know the length of his contract, might be safe. I think that when Justin Fields plays and how Matt Nagy, who is going to be the the essence of the offensive coordinator here, puts together the plan everybody thought they would put together for Mitch Trubisky, that one didn't work. That, I think, will determine whether or not he gets a new contract. Um, At the moment, I don't see the Bears making the playoffs with or without Justin Fields. They just don't have that good of a football team. Their defense, when healthy, will be pretty good. And I think that the inclusion of Eddie Goldman will certainly help the run defense, which is definitely necessary for this team. But you can't rely on defense defense to win football games unless you have a competent offense. And I just I just don't see the Bears being a team that, you know, t- to make the playoffs this year. Seriously, you really be about 11 and 6. 10 and 7 is kind of borderline. I don't see the Bears winning double-figure games.
1: The schedule is really tough as well. So if we want to just keep it in the locker room and look at the talent involved, <clears throat> You know that's that's a daunting task in itself I think the athletic Mike Sando ran a great article the other day about how the Bears and the quarterbacks they're going to be facing is whether it is Andy Dalton or Justin Fields there's a strong chance that every single week there will be a better quarterback on the other team when we line up on Sunday so that on top of itself I think is another obstacle I, I believe that's the been the, yeah.
0: I believe that's been the case now for the last 40 years <laughs> I mean I'm being serious it's pretty weird. much it's I mean True In the last couple of years, that's been the case. You line up somebody, a quarterback for the Bears, the opposition's probably got a better quarterback. What's different? Until Fields is there, until we know he can game manage um, an NFL team, and then some, and that's the key. You don't want a guy like Fields with that kind of talent just to manage a game. You want him to conduct the game. You want him to win the games. That's something that Mitch Trubisky could not do here.
1: That's a great point, and to be very fair, uh, bless Nick Foles' heart right now. He's in those press conferences going, I'm better than I was when I won the Super Bowl. He's the most confident third stringer in the world. A lot of people are going to be talking about this uh, this week. I just want to get your quick opinion. Um, sweet irony, you were talking about Bears quarterbacks, of Mitch Trubisky coming home on a Saturday. I don't think he did anything that looked demonstrably different than when he was with the Bears and he played a good football game. Um, what did you see? I mean, other than just the true irony of a guy that we kicked out, kicked out of the door and came back and, and played well.
0: What we saw was a better offensive game plan by a much better offensive team. Remember, Josh Allen is the quarterback. They throw the ball a lot. Um, and th- they had setups that were so much better than what the Bears did and also considered the Bears defense that game. Even though they had eight of 11 starters in, in the first series, he carves them up. But you know what? He doesn't play here anymore. And when the season begins, he's not going to play. The only way he plays is if Josh Allen has a hangnail or Buffalo is either losing or winning by 30. That's the only way he's going to play. So it was a nice effort by Mitch Trubisky, but it was also an indictment against the Bears defense.
1: Yeah. And again, also uh, preseason, uh, we have to continue to to hammer that home. And yeah, I, I, I root for Mitch, but yeah, I agree with you. He's not on our team anymore. I just think a lot of people that wanted to hate Mitch are probably having maybe a rough Monday right now. Trying There's to no run.
0: reason to hate Mitch. There's no reason to hate Mitch. It was a bad choice by the general manager. They tried to make chop liver out of ground chuck and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. In Buffalo, they may be able to make him a better backup quarterback. But once again, unless Josh Allen gets hurt, the best you'll see of Mitch Trubisky is holding a clipboard.
1: And I always try to remind Bears fans, if Cody Parkey makes that field goal in the Eagles game, we're talking about Mitch Trubisky leading the team down the field for the winning score.
0: Nobody knows what's going to happen. It didn't happen, but yes, you never know what's going to happen. History could have very easily changed by the double doink. Matter of fact, it did.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got two more for you with George Hoffman here. Do you want to ask, uh, just tell the good people a little bit about your, just your experiences with season two with tell me a story I don't know, or maybe tell us a story that we don't know about the process of doing it. I mean, just real quick, I'm going to read off some of the more recent and past guests. Jared Payton, Peggy Kaczynski, Rick Tallender, Marv Albert, Tom Thayer, Ron Coomer, Gene Honda, Chip Carey, Keith Olbermann, Steve Stone, David Kaplan, Bob Costas, the list goes on. So uh, maybe take us behind the curtain a little bit about your experiences talking to so many great minds in sports.
0: Well, it's, it's a lot of work because it's work setting up the interviews, um, and getting, you know, dates down and trying to make sure that everything works out. Um, We just finished an interview with Kenny Albert. So it'll be the first time that we have a father and son. Probably we'll be running Kenny in the first season of next year. But he was wonderful. Um, But once you do it, every guest is great. They are unbelievable in the information that they give you. And you're doing a lot of research, but you're also asking them to tell you a story. You know, give me a little bit of a roadmap if I don't know you all that well. Um, case in point, Adam Amin is the only person out of the list that I have that I never met. Well, we got together for dinner one night because he doesn't live that far from where I am. Um, wonderful guy, wonderful interview. He's really just, you know, he skyrocketed to fame. And there's a good reason for that. But at the end of all the interviews, I keep telling people that was a great interview. And it was, um, and they're all, fun, and they're all challenged. And some of them open up and show you their vulnerability. We have interviewed, you know, season three begins September 7th um, We're going to open up with a back to back with Jeff Joniak, the voice of the Chicago Bears, who used to be my boss. And there are going to be others as we go along. Andrew Siciliano, Laura Open, who worked here back in the late 90s, She is just absolutely terrific. And some of these interviews are done months and months and months in advance. Um, Matter of fact, Luke Canellis, whose show I was on last night, we did an interview with with May, and he will be featured in November. So sometimes it takes five, six, seven months before these interviews are out, but they're all evergreen. So even if we talk to um, a guy like Adam Amin, he's not talking about the Bulls you know as they are other, other than the west coast
1: road trip yeah
0: well other than the major changes that are made but after that you know what can you do you know we're, we're not going to be updating it so um it's a pleasure it's fun it's challenging i spent the first 3 hours of this morning editing towards season 3 so it gives you an idea it's also a lot of work
1: um well congratulations truly to the listeners these are must listen you can find them and subscribe on apple podcasts and yeah, like you said, they're evergreen too, as well. So never feel like just because someone's you know dropping one week, oh, this is two weeks ago, this is outdated. No, these are stories that last forever and forever. And a lot of times they are stories of moments that you watched on your TV set and clapped and celebrated and cheered. But those people are giving you those experiences of what they were going through. Like the Marv Albert one, for for example, is 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 a great example of that too, as well.
0: The funny thing about Marv Albert is that uh, it's a good story too. This is a good story. Mm-hmm. He was one of the first people that I contacted. I texted Marv and said, I've got this podcast. I'd like you to do it. And he phones me. I'm standing in my kitchen next to my wife. And he says, George, I hate to tell you this, but I really don't do podcasts. I'm very sorry. And I was so crestfallen that Marv wouldn't do it. What are you going to do? So a week later, I get a text from Marv, one of his usual cryptic texts. Uh, TNT forced me to do a podcast with Mike Greenberg and Bob Costas. And since I did one with them, I'm going to do one with you. And Son of a Gun, he did it. He was great. We didn't air it for, gosh, so, so it was done in October. We didn't air it until June. And on purpose, I wanted to wait to see because it sure sounded to me like Marv is going to retire. Mm-hmm. Well, we did. And we aired it. I think it aired during his 80th birthday. I started working with him in 1979, doing stats when he was with, you know, doing the New York Knicks. And he is an extraordinary personality. And that was an enormous amount of fun. So all of these people from Bob Costas and Michael Wilbon, these are some of the first ones we've done, but they've grown because people who start to listen to this want to go back and listen to those. These are all people that I've known for over 40 plus years. And I think that gives me a little bit of an advantage in that they know me and I know them. So they might give me a little bit more. And for those people who listen, you'll you'll get a real... A tremendous kick out of him. Bob Costas, for example, you turn on the lights and he is going. I mean, he was absolutely sensational. It's like having a normal conversation with someone and he was just like, you know, lights on, here's Bob. And he's one of the, well, he, he is the best in the business. So, but it's a lot of fun. I just have a great deal of fun doing it.
1: Yeah, it's been wonderful. Um, great Marv Albert impression. Uh, impression, by the way, that was fantastic. He,
0: he he doesn't think so, but I do.
1: I think that was I think that was really great cadence there. And yeah, Marv Albert's been the soundtrack of my basketball life. So, um, that one was certainly a must listen to. Um, we're gonna get you out of here on one more question, real quick. This is more of a general sports question, mm-hmm. but um, riddle me this: In five years from now, which Chicago sports organization will look back and be like, "This was"? The moment when things changed, or this worked out, three organizations going through change right now: the Blackhawks, the Chicago Cubs, or the Chicago Bulls. Five years from now, are we going to look back and say you're talking about
0: those those three franchises? Those
1: three, which ones are we going to look back at this moment right now when they're making these crazy changes, and we're saying they became the most successful?
0: It's a good question. I don't think it's going to be the Blackhawks. It could be the Bulls. They made a lot of moves, but again, it's hard to win in the NBA. They made a lot of moves to be a better basketball team. They are not a championship caliber team with this group, and I just wonder what will happen in the next offseason. Will they be able to attract that kind of player that will make them that kind of team? Um, The Cubs, that's a really hard one because I just – Don't know what they're going to do in this offseason. Don't know about their young talent. So I'm going to lean with the Bulls because I like their management team. And I know that they're headed in the right direction. The question is, can they in five years be a championship team? At this moment, I can't say they will be. But certainly, the Blackhawks won't be. The Cubs, that's a big question mark to me.
1: The hour is dark for the Chicago Cubs right now, right? Where it feels like. You know, who knows once Pandora's box opens up of losing on the north side, it could last for years and years. And that's just how I was kind of trained growing up. So as much as I would like to think it's the Cubs, you you could be right where maybe a couple second round battles uh, in the near future with the Chicago Bulls could equate to some sort of moderate success that they would be happy about. You think the Cubs are going to spend money, but you just you just don't know. And how long some I just say rebuilds when they're like, hey, we'll get this thing figured out in two years. I just think two years can turn into five years very quickly in baseball if you're not careful.
0: They can. Listen, they said this is not a rebuild, but it certainly is when you've traded away most of your team. The question is, is the plan to now that Nico Horner, who got re-injured yesterday, is going to be their starting second baseman, um, a shortstop rather, and Nick Madrigal from the White Sox will be their second baseman unless one of them goes to the outfield and they pick up a second baseman or a shortstop. They could use a free agent outfielder and they can use some pitching. Matter of fact, they can use a lot of pitching. So the question becomes how they rebuild on the fly to become a championship caliber team. I don't see this as 2011 with Theo, but at the moment, it's really hard to tell until we see what they do in this first offseason. Tell me a story I don't know.
1: You can find that podcast right now or any place you get your podcast. most specifically Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to that and check it out. As my good friend George Offman just said, he's got plenty of great guests coming September 7th for his brand new season. And there's plenty of time to catch up because they have two full seasons of great pods with great sports minds that you can check that out. George, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Um, You know, I'm I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm trying to make my way through this sports world and get my reps in. And honestly, you were one of the first people that I really, really respect that took the chance to come onto this pod a a while ago. So I appreciate you taking the time. I'm always really grateful and generous for the time that you give. Thanks, George. It's
0: always my pleasure, Joy. Best of luck to you. I'm sure you're going to succeed.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Today's episode of Bet on Chicago with Joy Christopoulos is brought to you by betonline.ag and Balance 7 pH Supplement. Make sure you check out those great products right now. Thank you so much for listening to this pod. Tons of Bears content coming this week, so make sure you come back for the next one. Until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. And remember, when in doubt, always bet on Chicago.